This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Grasso with the Indie Spirituals Podcast on the one and only Mind Pod Network. My guest today is Jonas Elrod, who I am very excited to have on the show with me. Jonas and I have actually been trying to do this interview for what feels like maybe a month now. Um, we've had some technical difficulties, connection issues, but I believe. We've got it all sorted out, not to jinx us, but I think we're good. And for those of you that don't know Jonas, I want to read you a bit about his background. Um, He's done a lot of really cool things, so I can bring you up to speed on that. And then we're going to hop into a fun-filled conversation. So Jonas Elrod is a Southern writer and director who grew up in Georgia with a deep appreciation for story as a means for change. He fell in love with stories told on porches late at night of fallen heroes, misfit love, and spiritual redemption. His appreciation for personal truth and deeper meaning has been a compass for his fiction and nonfiction work. Elrod began his career in film, working with the award-winning production company Rock Hard Films, who's worked with the likes of Nike, NSYNC, Jay-Z, ESPN, not too shabby. After several years working production in the commercial and music video industry, he then went into directing. He has directed content and commercial work for clients such as Converse, Smirnoff, and projects for Spike Lee. His first documentary feature, Wake Up, premiered at South by Southwest Film Festival. Wake Up follows Elrod's spiritual journey, seeking answers to an unexplainable life event. Overnight, he began having a wide range of spontaneous metaphysical experiences, seeing spirits, hearing voices, and having visions. After undergoing a series of medical tests, including MRI, psychological evaluation, etc., and receiving a clean bill of health, he set out on a mission to understand what was happening to him. Elrod met with religious leaders, fringe scientists, and modern-day mystics to try to come to terms with what he refers to as a gift-slash-curse. Wake Up quickly found an audience in theaters across the country and went on to become the premiere episode for the Emmy award-winning Super Soul Sunday on the Oprah Winfrey Network. The film was also partnered with and in, with an interview by Oprah Winfrey. Elrod's latest project has been directing and hosting a series for the Oprah Winfrey Network, In Deep Shift with Jonas Elrod, which is an unflinching look at what it takes to walk a spiritual path. The series tracks Jonas as he travels across the country seeking stories of lives who have been forever changed by a significant breakdown, but then finding redemption and purpose through a breakthrough. The series was intended to help inspire those who are suffering, grieving, and overwhelmed find a way through. It's been the great film experience to date, said Elrod. I personally learned so much from these stories, and I hope that people can see there's always a way out of the darkness and into the light. The series received rave reviews, often trending on Twitter, and featured, among others, TED Talk alum Masoon Zaid, NFL football great Vince Young, and singer-songwriter Alanis Morissette. Elrod, known for his documentary and commercial work, is currently taking steps into narrative films with his debut to begin filming in the fall of 2016. Not bad, Jonas. Pretty impressive. Oh, shucks. Hey, Chris, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you doing? 
Good. I, I was wishing that bio was maybe three lines, but uh, thanks for the introduction. <laughs> thanks for having me on. And you've probably heard this before, but you have a wonderful speaking voice. Oh, man. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it totally works. You know, it totally works. I appreciate it. I think possibly I spent um, like five years working at an elementary school, and a lot of that time consisted of reading to children. So I'm wondering maybe that might have helped play into the, you know, mindful, conscious reading in a way that they can uh, grab onto and stay focused. Or maybe not. Who knows? No, I mean, I, you know, I forgot I was listening to my own bio. I was like, man, this is so soothing. And, and this is, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're killing it, man. Right out the gate, you're killing it. How well, you been? thank you. I've been really good, man. Very busy, as I know you can relate to. But all's well over here. Lots of good stuff happening. This podcast, which has been great. I'm as I said earlier, psyched to finally have you on. You're my, uh, I believe, my fifth interview now, and uh, it actually just officially launched yesterday. But welcome to the show, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. So what's on your today? Well, I, I figure we could start off. There's a whole number of ways we can go with this interview. So I just wanted to start first with your spiritual awakening as documented in the really great film, Wake Up, which I actually just rewatched uh, a little over a month ago before we were going to initially do this interview to re-familiarize myself with your story, which is captivating to say the least. So I would love, <laughs> it is, man, it's, it's really, it's a hell of a watch. So if anyone listening that hasn't seen it, I strongly encourage you to check it out and, and it'll be linked on the website listeners so you can check it out. But hey, man, so if you would talk a bit about that experience and uh, it's it's something. Yeah. OK. Um, so how all this started with, uh, I guess, with the wake up experience is I was a struggling filmmaker about 10 years ago and I was getting ready to start a documentary. This is completely true. And one night, um, this has all been explained to me in hindsight, but at the time I had no idea what was going on. The veil, quote unquote, dropped and I started seeing um, spirits, uh, geometry, weird symbols, uh, auras um, overnight in a hotel room in San Francisco. And um, I mean, there's there's been 10 years of distance on this, but at the time this was no laughing matter. It, it was terrifying. Um, yeah, yeah. And this all started around... I think 11 at night and it lasted till about six in the morning. And I finally just passed out, but they call them visitations, but I was just bombarded by all these visitations from all these different, I don't know what you want to call it, spirits, entities, things that looked angelic, things that looked demonic. Um, you know, like I said, it, it's been a, a long time since I've really thought about it or, or talked about it, but uh, yeah, that started me on this quest to figure out what the hell is going on with me. Um, and in that first night with these visitations, um, the only thing that was shared, communicated to me was to expose it. And I had no idea what that meant. And this odd ability has been with me ever since. Um, so, you know, as time went on, uh, I could see more. As time went on, I started hearing things. As time went on, I would have premonitory dreams. And as time went on, I met the love of my life, who is now my wife, my girlfriend, Mara, I had this going on for about eight months and met her and go, well, guess what? I, I'm a little different um, and I'm still really struggling to come to terms with this. Right. Uh, here we go. So around eight months after this started is when I decided to pick up a camera and had my girlfriend at the time just document me going through a very, very messy uh, awakening. Mm. Uh, a lot of people asked, did you think you were going nuts? No, I didn't. I had always kind of chased this concept of God growing up in the deep south. Just my avenues to God were very limited. And so what was happening was a lot broader and bigger. And I would always talk about there's no, I can't find the bottom to the swimming pool. My whole concern was I couldn't turn this off or it would keep ramping up. And so Wake Up starts the journey pretty much when I met with Mara. I've just at first videotaped me at the house and then got out of the house and started talking to spiritual leaders, mystics, French scientists, other people that had these experiences. And, uh, don't want to give the whole film away, but uh, that's the crux of it. Yeah, and and I'm I'm glad you mentioned Mara because she is obviously a very integral part of the film, um, and and it was really powerful. I think the storyline, you know, she was obviously struggling with what you were going through, as you were. You know, it was two yeah. people struggling to to get through that, 
Um, it's I know it's now years later. Um, how do you feel like where is she at with it and where are you at with it? I mean, how, how is she? Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. <laughs> well, I, I know and it is. I feel kind of strange talking about this way. I mean, six years ago when I would talk about it, you would still hear my voice tremble or just it took quite a while to integrate and to come to terms with this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can see Merit's point of view so much more crystal clear at the time. I mean, I probably sound like a uh, schizophrenic or uh, someone that had a brain tumor. And so part of the, uh, the film is for us personally, and we documented it, was me getting a battery test, had an MRI, psych evaluation, drug tests, so on and so forth. And when those didn't supply answers, which I had a feeling they wouldn't, but for Mara, you know, and an audience that could be highly skeptical at times, uh, we did that. And then I started talking to other people, a mystic, you know, modern day mystic, shaman, um, trying to understand where, and you kind of had the archetypes of I'm the believer because I'm having the experience. And then you have my lover at the time going, this sounds crazy to me. So. Mm. It really showed me more than anything. I think I'm directing this film that I'm in. No, I'm just kind of digging the hole. I, I get that I was guided the whole way through it. And obviously, I had a happy ending. Uh, Mary and I got married a couple years ago. So where she's at with it, you know, a lot of people kind of reject that we're this big spiritual couple. We sit around and talk about, I don't know, quantum physics and portals, <laughs> multiverse. <laughs> no, we're a regular couple that goes to rock shows, see movies, goes out to eat. You know, it's just... This whole thing about being spiritual is not saying, hey, I'm Jonas, I'm spiritual. It's just what you are. It's kind of like someone coming up to me saying, hey, I'm Tom, I'm not a sexist. I'm like, well, cool. Why are you telling me this, Tom? So where she is exactly, I, I wouldn't say. I just know that these principles that we learn are the backbone, at least for me, the way I view everything. And I would say probably her as well. Yeah. Well, well thank you for sharing that. And I know it, maybe it wasn't entirely fair to ask since she's not in the room, but thank you, Mandy. Thank you for fielding my query. That was really more of a personal question. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's it's funny, like hindsight being what it is. I mean, Mara really helped ground me, you know? Yeah, yeah. When you realize there's a whole, I mean, there's all this stuff out there. It, it's hard to really want to go buy groceries. And you can get really seduced by this phenomenon really quick, which when we'll watch the film Wake Up, you'll see that that certainly happened to me. Well, the, I think the trick is to have this knowledge or these experience or this knowingness, but you got to ground it on this rock, man. I mean, you're here for a reason, right? So, yeah. um, but if anyone wants to see it, it is free on Netflix and, uh, cool. that's our story, man. Cool. So let me ask you this because this is something I've run into and I'm just curious how you handle it. Like I will be, I, my experiences are nowhere near yours. You know, when I talk, when I do uh, workshops, whatever, I share about my experiences, which will often touch on non-duality, you know, uh, mysticism experiences, nature mysticism, whatever the case may be. But things that are uh, a bit <laughs> out of this world, literally, like out of the physical realm. And sometimes people will say, yeah, no, you know, they'll just they'll say bullshit. And the compassionate understanding side of me understands where they're coming from because they haven't experienced it. And it's not that I'm any better because I have, it's just that this is what's happened to me through meditation and other spiritual practices. And, and, and I'm grateful for it. And that's part of what part of what spirituality is for me. So when I'm sure you've experienced it, you know, you, you've experienced some far out things, but you know, do you have people who call bullshit or say bullshit to you just because they, they don't understand. You know, there's a lot of fear around the unknown. And yeah. and if so, how do you handle that? Oh, dude, I it used to bother me a little bit. Like, it's not lost on the fact, because I'll get some smart asses that go, oh, let me get this straight. You're, you were a failed filmmaker, now this happened. I wasn't a failed filmmaker. Or people say, oh, you're a washed-up actor. Dude, I'm not a camera presence to be. <laughs> I'm not an actor. <laughs> or a, uh, And I was doing just fine in my career. This happened the way it happened. So sometimes people will start that. Um, I'm just not attached, man. It's just like, uh, mm. I, it, it was important to me that my wife, girlfriend 10 years ago, believe me, that was important to me. Um, but you know, it, it, and it's funny too, because I remember making the film, I was saying, I want this to, to hit or miss. I don't want a C grade average on this film. I want this to be as good as I can do it. I want to get out the, I want to get the hell out of the way. Cause I know I'm not driving the car. 
And so if you look at reviews for Wake Up, it's either an A or an F. And <laughs> to me, I look at that as a good, it totally polarized people. People were like, this is fantastic. I mean, nothing I did. It's just the information is fantastic or screw this guy. He's lying. He's an asshole. You know what I mean? So I take that as a kind of a crushing victory. Um, but yeah. as far as people saying this, that, and the other, I just don't go there, man. Like, I know yeah. what I know. And um, I'm just not attached if someone believes it. Like I said, 10 years ago, it was important to my girlfriend believe because, I, you know, I get to go to bed with her. Anyone else, it, it's none of my business. Yeah. So well, that's, I'm sure you get it too, man. It's just like, I don't know how you handle it. I just, just let it roll off. Or some people believe in this stuff, but they go really dark really quick. Uh, they want to talk about this lower level energy stuff. And, you know, when I'll do talks, I try to squash it really quick because you can see the energy running around the room. Everyone gets amped up. And like the last thing you need to do is become more fearful or have more anxiety. Um, don't mean to go off on a tangent, but yeah, I, I haven't really talked about wake up in quite a while, to be honest. Well, thank you for, for talking about it. I, uh, I, like I said, it's a great film. Um, I, I had to laugh a bit about the grade A or grade F thing because, yeah, when, when Indie Spirituals came out, that, that was the case. Luckily, it's more in the favor of grade A, but there are a few like, you know, I, I'm the kind of guy I can't help but look at Amazon every now and then at the reviews because I do want to know what people think. And um, though a lot of people I've talked to, fellow authors and whatnot, have said never do that. And I see why, because, you know, I'm the kind of person where if I'm in a room and 99 people like me, but one doesn't, you know, I'm going to focus on that one person. Well, why don't you like me? What did I do wrong? And Anyway, so yeah, but it's been a really great practice for me, though, actually, over the, the year or so since that book came out of, of, like you said, you just have to let it go. What can you do, you know? Uh, oh, totally, man. And like, these people show up for a reason. Um, I feel pretty blessed where it, it just doesn't catch on to me. And like, you know, it just is what it is. And you're talking about a big thing, Chris. You're not talking about a better way to clean the kitchen or how to, you know, change a carburetor. You're yeah. talking about the questions to the, the answers to the questions, or at least your point of view on these answers. So you're gonna you're gonna rough some things up. Yeah, I see that as a good thing, man. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, um, just one other question that it's kind of related to in deep shift, but I think or not in deep shift. I'm sorry, wake up. But I think it'll it'll segue us nicely. But you know, it, what I one of the things I really appreciated and going back to Mara is that, you know, she had a healthy skepticism towards some of what the people yeah. were discussing. And I think that's really important, especially I mean, it's important for anyone interested in spirituality, but I think especially for these newer um, people. I mean, there's so many young people. Spirituality just seems to really be growing and growing. And that's a great thing. But there's so many pitfalls and things to watch out for. So I'm glad that there was that healthy skepticism shown in the film so in your experience now that it's years later um you know what what are some of the pitfalls and trappings that you've personally come across that you might caution those newer on the path about okay chris i'm gonna tell you now you're gonna throw me a rope and pull me out of this because i'll really get going <laughs> well like I we've mean, got I will, time you know, i mean here's the deal like yeah and whatever someone's point of view is i you know as long as you're being cool to one another i don't care but when it comes to this spirituality, people have to be open your hearts, great, but you can't unplug your brain. And I see that a lot. I see that a whole lot. And I can also see that in myself years ago. And so for me, you know, I grew up with a very punk rock aesthetic and ethos. And so when this, this not a religious community, but a spirituality, spiritual community opened up, I figured it would be kumbaya and hands across America and, hey, I care about you, you care about me sort of thing. That was naive. I mean, people are people. And I'm not saying there's not amazing and wonderful people in this community. They certainly are. But you, you can't check out your brain. And the, the thing that when people come and ask, if you have a guru, that's the way you want to go, that's fine and cool. But, you know, if you ask the guru 10 questions and they don't say, I don't know, at least once, you got you to gotta run. You got to put on some good running shoes and haul ass because, you know, there are a lot of... Uh, tricky people in this industry that I don't always agree with. No one knows all the answers. The, the thing that I like about it is, Chris, what you figured out, I probably have dark corners on it. And you can help me figure this kind of thing out. And then if we're smart, we'll see it's a symbiotic process. Yeah. So I'm not, um, I'm not really stoked about the talk show hosts having a bigger desk 
and then the peoples have the smaller one. I really do believe we all hold a piece of this. Right. So not to get long-winded, and I have a terrible habit of doing this, it's just open your heart, wonderful. You just can't turn off your brain. And, uh, you know, I, I've just seen some funny things. It's like this isn't appropriate. I think everyone goes into this with the best intentions. I think most people do. Yeah. But I think it's also can be a slippery slope. So, you know, uh, just just pay attention. So some, I don't, and I don't mean that to sound menacing. I mean, I, I've definitely grown and learned a lot from wonderful books and communities. But, you know, you just got to keep your eyes open, just like with any other community, whether it's your career, politics, entertainment, you know, sports. It's all the same thing. It's just a different direction. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense, and and I'm so glad you know that you bring up the, the don't don't throw the mind out you know like yes the the heart I talk quite a bit about the heart and I write about the heart and it's for me in my experience very very important you know because that to me when I when I can quiet the mind and I anchor in there like it's the greatest guide I have and and it in my life and path it's been a, a, just a complete fail safe but that said I had to learn to really you know like also integrate the mind, the heart mind, we can call it, you know, you bring the two together. So you're able to, you know, be discerning in your path. Don't just, you know, it's yes, love and light is a bound in spirituality, but it is not all love and light, you know, and, and it's important for me when I write and talk to bring up the shadow self and, and let's talk about some of the darker stuff that comes up and cause it's not all good. And, and that's okay. It's okay that it's not all good. You know, we just, <laughs> we have to learn to, to really trust our instincts, but doing so in a discerning way. And that's why I find it is important if you're going to go that teacher route or that guru route, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing at all. It's, it, it's very powerful, but knowing that you've aligned yourself with someone that, that is the real deal that, like you said, is willing to say, I don't know that can, you know, that can express their humanity, if you will. Um, I mean, I, you know, I've spoken at a number of great festivals and uh very, you know just all sorts of really cool conferences and and being backstage you know with some of the other teachers man i've seen some things you know some things it's like wow like <laughs> yeah sorry no no i i wholeheartedly agree and it's disappointing like if you invite their own stones over you expect them to try to sleep with your wife do all the drugs <laughs> and uh trash your house i mean you want that and so it, it's funny when it comes to that stuff i hold it's just like you're a therapist. If you're in a th- if you go to therapy, you expect your therapist to have a therapist. And, yes, right. and and sorry to interrupt, but it's like there's no shortcuts with this stuff. And okay. so I think my me being naive ten years ago, not consciously think this is a shortcut, but like you step in, oh, it's all love and light. No, dude. Like if it was all love and light and perfect, we wouldn't be on this pebble. We'd already we'd be somewhere else. Like you know, these shadows come up for them to be healed, for you to pay attention, for practice, you know, all that sort of thing. So I try to let, you know, any kind of funny anger toward this stuff go because I realize it's just part of this uh, game. Yes, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's another thing I had to work with is letting, again, letting it go, letting it go. It's been a recurring theme in my life. I'm, I'm starting to see that much clearer these days. But one, one, one thing I definitely want to get to um, is your incredible show in deep shift, which it re- semi recently wrapped up not too long ago. And, you know, you had a number of incredible guests. The last episode was super rad. You had Alanis Morris set on it. Um, you know, and for listeners who aren't familiar with it, I just want to quickly read that the bio for that show just to bring them up to speed and then, and then we'll get into it. But the show bio reads as filmmaker Jonas Elrod says, we are all on a spiritual path, whether we know it or not. Years ago, he experienced his own breakdown and breakthrough. It turned his world upside down and made him see everything in a different light. Now he is setting out to uncover other people's experiences of extraordinary deep shifts when their lives were changed forever. In Deep Shift with Jonas Elrod features an intimate, in-depth look at real-life stories of love, loss, and redemption from the breakdown to breakthrough and transformation. And that sums it up nicely, man. Like I've told you before, I've only gotten to see now about half of the series. Where I live, I don't have cable. But when I go visit my uh, family, I'm always able to watch it on their their television. So what I saw, I absolutely loved. Um, so how was that experience, man? I mean, that's let's first of all talk about how did the show even come to fruition? 
Sure. Um, so when we finished Wake Up, we played at some festivals, and then Oprah Winfrey saw Wake Up and Dog It, and we were her premiere episode on Super Soul Sunday. And um, I was honored to get to hang out with her. She did an interview with me, and we just had a candid conversation about what is what does this look like. Um, for me, I'm a huge believer of story uh, as a means of change, to inspire, to reflect. And so I told her I want to do a show kind of like Wake Up. but it's, And like for me, Wake Up was about me breaking down and me breaking through. And so my breakdown was, hey, am I going nuts here? Do How do I learn to control this? My breakthrough, I don't want to give it away, but I had one at the end of the film. And so we talked about that. And so we decided to do a show called In Deep Shift, which really illuminated what a spiritual path looks like. You know, Chris, it's not always butterflies and unicorns. And so sometimes you have a breakdown. And then you have a breakthrough. And so I went across the country, met people from all walks of life to kind of see how they walk it. Um, with the breakdown, breakthrough, and the last step, a lot of us don't do, but we're figuring out is integration. And that's the word you used earlier. I was happy to hear is like, how do you, when you have, as Oprah called it, an aha moment or a breakthrough, how do you integrate that in your day to day life? Because if you don't integrate it, you just have a really cool story you can talk about. But you got to figure that out and bring that into the everyday. Otherwise, you know. Because nothing shifts. So it was a, a chance of a lifetime. I, I really loved doing the show. It was the hardest I've ever worked. And uh, not to sound cliche, I, I can honestly say that uh, the experience helped change my life. So, um, and that was on the Oprah Winfrey Network, and it came on after Super Soul Sunday. I think you can probably find these online now, but uh, we had the season finale uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh, Really, really uh, happy with the experience. Yeah, man. Like I said, from what I saw, it was extremely powerful. And I know you and I have talked and you've gotten some really wonderful feedback from it, which to me is always important. You know, people that uh, see, either read read my words in my case or see your work on TV and that were impacted by it, you know, and then take the time to write. And I, know, I also know it can be overwhelming when you get a lot of correspondence but i mean you know how how does that feel for you to know that you're having such a deep impact in so many people's lives with the work you're doing well i i swear you say i don't know if i'd go that far seeing deep impact but um oh, i would I, I i said this when i was doing wake up and i i still mean it i'm just happy people give a damn i'm happy that people care about bigger questions i care about why they're on this rock care about are they doing what they came here to do that means a lot to me because, um, and just to be somewhat a small part of that, trying to hold, you know, show people a different way to look at things is, has been great. Um, yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. The response has been fantastic. Um, but ultimately I'm just glad people care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well said, man. Well said. So, I mean, in each show, or in each of the episodes that I saw, which I'm sure carried over to the other, uh, there's eight total. Is that right in season one? Uh, yes. And then prior to that, we did a pilot. So there were nine episodes total. Okay, cool. So, I mean, in each of these episodes, you're, you're obviously having a very sincere connection with the people and, and you're discussing pretty heavy stuff in their life. So, I mean, this <laughs> this is probably a hard question, but is there any particular experiences throughout the season that really really, I mean, just, just touched you or, you know, threw you for a loop, shocked you, um, inspired you. What, what comes to mind? Oh, that, that's a tough one, man. Yeah. I, I mean, um, and, and this was the thing when we were building the show, it's like for you to have a break and I don't take that lightly. So it can't yeah. be a spill, spilled a beer on my jeans or broke a fingernail. Like for me to have breakdowns are normally seismic, huge, life-changing events and they're normally very unpleasant so yeah you know the bigger the biggest breakdown we can all go through is death and so there were a couple episodes that dealt deal with death you know and then some episodes dealt with just some kind of loss whether it's loss of identity loss of a career loss of your finances um and so these were all very a lot of these were really intense breakdowns but the beauty is a lot of these breakthroughs were through the ceiling you know, hands across America screaming kumbaya in the middle of the night kind of experiences that were incredibly inspiring to me. And it really just kept showing me over and over and over a bigger picture that we're all part of and that things can shift on a dime and then your whole reality can change. Um, 
because a lot of these people I talk to, it, it would be very easy, and I couldn't really blame them to say, all right, screw it. Uh, I'm a victim. I'm victim consciousness. I'm, I'm going to ride that way for the next 30 years. And every one of these people were just such brave, strong souls. They they shifted it. They came out of it. They and I really look at it. I was kind of like uh, being in a college course. They were kind of showing me how you walk this. Because the the, the truth of the matter is, we're all going to go through these things, all these huge ups and downs. But as a culture, we kind of have blinders on. We don't really want to think about it or talk about it. But uh, yeah. we definitely showed an unflinching look. But it's definitely lows and definitely high highs. Um, but as far as my they they all touched me, and I feel strongly that every person that came my way that we did a story on was there to help me look at my own stuff. And so the the hope and the intent would be to for the audience could see that as well. That makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, and I knew that wasn't an entirely fair question, but I mean, Not a fair question, it, Chris. It just it, it looked like you know not looked like it was obvious you were just connecting in such a deep way with these people but i mean i know when you're talking about that kind of really heavy stuff in life the stuff that changes our lives and and you know breaks us down but breaks us open at the same time you know how it's how can you not connect at a deep level so i mean you know that work is is inspiring to see that being done and that uh, and that you are you know like i told you um in our own private messaging like i really respected that you were you're coming at this from a very raw and real perspective. You know, we weren't, you weren't sugarcoating anything. You were like, here's what happened, you know, with other people and, and let's show it the real deal um, and how they got through it. Because there's so many people that have the breakdown, but they don't have the breakthrough, you know, and then they just end up kind of stuck. And man, you know, I had this experience. It was last year. It was so minor. Um, I was, with my mom and we were at a at a stop sign she was driving and we were just coming back from a store and we were at a red light and there was a a red jeep next to us and i just remember the light turned green and it wasn't even like a second before this dude honked the horn and it was like move your car asshole and you know to the car in front of him who's the first car in line and the car like darted off and the guy's Jeep started pulling away and I remember seeing, you know, I laughed cause he had the, the life is, uh, what are those back bumper stickers or not bumper stickers, but the, uh, Oh, life is good. Those back tire covers. And uh, you know, I, I, the irony wasn't lost on me, but so anyways, later that day I was thinking about that and you know, I used to be like that, you know, I used to be a bit hot headed, and, and not to say I'm perfect these days, but you know, having been on this spiritual path now for, for over 12 years, you know, life changes. You do, I know mindfulness is kind of like the key word or the, the cliche word right now, but you do become more mindful. You do become more aware of your actions, your thoughts, your behaviors. But I started thinking about how, man, you know, I, I thought of that scene in the matrix, the original one where, uh, Joe, Joe Pantaleone is offered the steak and oh, yeah. like, I don't want to remember anything. You know, it's like, how much easier would it possibly be today, you know, to not hold myself accountable for my actions and just be like that guy and just live from a reactionary place all the time and not be so conscious of, you know, others thoughts and feelings. But at the end of the day, I know that, you know, there's no, there's no going back, nor would I go back, you know, like when Neo takes that pill, you know, it, he, he takes it and, and there's no way to come back from that. And, so anyways, you know, I, I did think about that for a minute, but it's like, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to that way of life because I was miserable. You know, I had that breakdown and that's where yeah. I was at. No, I mean, you, you say that it's like, dude, who wants to be that exhausted? Like in, it's 60, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> having a temper or angry or like pissed off at the same shit you were in high school. I mean, and that's the thing, like I talk about how I think few of us ever get out of high school. You know, I started looking at my parents' generation and it's just... I feel like I'm in a, a Woody Allen comedy. It's just like everyone's miserable, everyone's bitching. And so when people ask me, and look, I'm not Mr. Therapy. I, I don't meditate 12 hours a day. I can't stand yoga for the record. But yeah. when people talk about why do you why are you doing this? Well, dude, I don't want to be miserable at 60. I mean, I want to be light as a feather, you know? Um, so when you talk about being mindful or not being a hothead, and we probably have similar tastes in music. Yeah. Yeah, that's exhausting. You know, so I, and I'm 43. When I see people my age still in the same dilemmas at 23, you know, it's like, dude, you got to start figuring out how to get lighter and move forward. On, on the bigger scale, when you were talking about the show, like some of the things that touched me, you know, death was a big component, or loss was. You know, we did a story 
um, in Aurora, Colorado, around the shootings. And there was an amazing woman I met who had lost her soulmate in the uh, in the incident. And you know, whenever things get a little sideways for me, I just kind of always go back and just feel very grateful for the things that are working, or just for the privilege to be in this ridiculous body in this ridiculous rock in the middle of an ever-expanding galaxy, going to do whatever it is the hell I want to do. I mean, I think we lose sight so quick about all the things we don't have. I mean, the way I look at it, we all won the damn lottery for the simple essence we're down here. So <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to take a detour with it, but you no, know, the head cut off and was, you know, getting all amped up about the red light. Dude, who wants to be that? Like at 60. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, very well said. And, and thank God, because I mean, man, I can't imagine if I, if I kept going down that road, you know, just where I would be. And for me, it's, there's nothing short of grace. The fact that to be totally honest, man, most nights when I go to bed, like I feel okay. You know, and most mornings when I wake up, I'm feeling okay, which is for me, that's great. I, I went through a very dark time in my life. A lot of, uh, and, and it still creeps up, but very deep rooted self-loathing and things of that nature. I mean, I ended up in, um, a psychiatric hospital a couple of times after suicide attempts. So, I mean, I had some really dark shit that I had to work through and I still am working through today, but looking back at where I was and, and where I'm at today and so many others that I've come across where they were at and where, and where they are today, thanks to whatever spiritual practices and whatnot. And I'm using the word spiritual, but you know, whatever practices we can just say they've brought into their life and started working with. In my case, I don't do yoga either, uh, but meditation is a big one. Even if I just sit for, I try to sit for at least half hour a day. Some days I can't, but that, you know, something I try to do, but going out and, and for a jog, uh, you know, or doing mantra or just playing my guitar, whatever, you know, skateboarding, these are all integrally healthy and spiritual practices for me. So thank God for that. You know, I, I thank God for the awareness around that. Yeah, I think I like what you said. I think there's this misconception like what being spiritual is, you know, like you have to do yoga or meditate or 3000 mantras like that's that's ridiculous to me. I mean, uh, you're talking about like you like skateboard, you know, or you, you play in a band, play your guitar, like whatever it is to get the energy moving. And really, it's, you know, but about trying to be authentic, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. It, it's I have I'll be really honest. I have such a love. Not hate, but love, dislike, feeling around this whole spiritual movement because I think sometimes it can just label you in yet another box. I was talking about earlier, like I wouldn't see you face to face, Chris, and you come tell me, hey, I'm not homophobic, I'm not a sexist, I vote, I pay my taxes. It's like, well, dude, why are you telling me this? I, I don't mm -hmm. care. And sometimes with this spiritual stuff, you almost... You know, like, I meet a lot of people or people that want to meet me. That's like the second thing out of their mouth. Like, oh, I'm very spiritual. Like, dude, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? I care that you're authentic. Uh, if I'm out of the house, I care that I'm going to have a good time. But I don't have an agenda or a care of what you believe or think or do as long as you're a cool person. And so, you know, there's probably some attraction, not sexual attraction, but some attraction. Like, I'm talking to you. I was like, okay, this guy's wearing a public enemy shirt. Okay, this guy's got tattoos. Okay, this guy's skateboards. I that appeals to me because I recognize it. But I think with this whole spiritual thing, we have to be careful not to get. Well, I don't mean we because I'm not really in it, but not to have it become this thing that's in a box, yeah. or like this weird name badge calling thing. So anyway, I didn't mean to go off on a bad tangent, but uh, I like the fact that you're like, yeah, skateboard, and that helps me move the energy. Because I've had yeah. people come up, oh yeah, I'm not being very spiritual, Jones. I didn't meditate today. It's like who gives a damn. I don't think it matters the spiritual principle that you're doing. I, you know what, dude? I don't even know what to say on this. Um, <laughs> anyway, I guess a, a long-winded point was saying I like it that you talk about skateboarding. People think that being spiritual means you do this, that, and the other. No, dude, it's it's the same stuff. And so for me, it's just about being authentic. I mean, who cares if you meditated 20 hours a day? And that was kind of a trap that I fell into earlier, like 10 years ago. I thought being spiritual we're doing the things that quote unquote spiritual people do. So that means meditating or doing yoga. I, I, I can't stand yoga. <laughs> I, probably because I suck at it, but I can remember when this first opened up for me and wake up, I would meditate for hours. But really what I figured out was I'm meditating for hours because I'm I'm scared. 
Like, I don't want to deal with my problems. Let me just go on the corner and be this guy with a white suit. I'm meditating. That's bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, address. Exactly. No, I know exactly what you're saying because I, and I actually write about that in my, in my next book is that early on, you know, I used meditation and mantra as a means of aversion rather than deepening, you know, my spirituality. I, when I would have these kind of negative thoughts or emotions come up, I would use those as a way to, to get out of it and not have to, to work through it and walk through it, face it. Um, and, and I had this very naive image of spirituality, you know, looking at it as this love and light thing. And so when I'm having these negative thoughts or experiences come up, it's like, well, shit, I'm failing at being spiritual. You know, like I can't even do this right. But thank God, you know, I, I stuck with it long enough to realize that no, like it's, it's okay to feel like shit. And in fact, honoring the fact that you're feeling like shit and then doing something to work through it, whether that is sitting within meditation and looking more deeply at it or just getting on your skateboard and putting your, you know, your iTunes on and, and just cranking it up and going. I mean, whatever, however you need to work it out for yourself. But uh, yeah, man, that was that was a lesson I needed to learn for sure. Oh, amen. No, a lot of us are still trying to figure that one out. You know, I mean, uh, it's just what I keep getting. There's not a shortcut. Yeah. And so, you know, you might as well just start walking through it. And it's a liberating, incredibly liberating experience. We're like, okay, I figured this shit out. I'm done with this. You know, you're good. You're done. You held it up, you know. Um, So I'm not all about, hey, let's let's go to therapy every day, every hour, every day. Screw that. That's that's exhausting. But it's just like I was in a funky mood yesterday. And like a lot. And like what I do is I trace it back. All right, what is this? So like seven, eight things happened that got me in a mood. And so I started trying to pinpoint what's the common thing here. Okay. Okay. This is the commonality between these eight experiences. And I track it back and try to figure out the inception, the, the initial incident. Yeah. And just because I have or haven't figured it out, at least I have an inkling of a clue um, on how to shift that to, to move on through it. Otherwise, you can just be in a pissed off, depressed mood for the next 30 years. Again, <laughs> yeah. I don't want at 60. That, that's ridiculous. So, yeah, it does no one any good, man. No one. So, yeah, good, good, good. No, I mean, I, I want to, for the most part, I wake up laughing and being a moron with my wife. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great life. It's just, it takes work. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man, that you can wake up and, and laugh. There's actually a great practice I, I just read uh, earlier this year. The, I finally got around to reading The Dude in the Zen Master with Bernie Glassman and Jeff Bridges. And Bernie talks about this really simple wonderful practice and he just says you know each morning after you go you wake up you go to the bathroom just look at yourself in the mirror for i you know maybe five ten seconds and just laugh just laugh about all of it you know like we take things so seriously and and i know i do at times i still get lost in it but it's like you know simple things like that just loosen up a little relax um i mean who was it maybe uh bill hicks had said or maybe it wasn't him but uh it's not like any of us are going to get out of this life alive, you know? So, right. <laughs> yeah. So. That's like something Bill Hicks might say. Yeah. <laughs> it no, might but, not have been him, but it, yeah, it seems like a, a Hicks quote. Well, I have a, uh, she's a, I guess you'd call her a medium, not a medium, uh, a channel. She's uh, the person I uh, did the show with in Deep Shift. Um, and she's always talking about how laughter is a shortcut into enlightenment. And uh, whether that's true or whether it's not, um, I try to practice that as much as possible, but her name is Catherine Yunt out of, uh, Tucson and she's just amazing. So whenever she would see me kind of hit the wall when I was trying to get the show done, she would always remind me that laughter is a shortcut. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> I'd rather laugh all day than uh, try to do the downward dog. Huh? suck at that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, dude, I totally hear you. I, I, you know, and that's a bad mouth yoga because it works for so many people. My wife does it basically daily she taught it for for quite a while and and that's great but yeah man it's like it's not for everyone and and it's not for me and and that's cool but that's something i try to really convey to other people especially those that are new on the path is find what does work for you what does resonate for you and like i said earlier um 
you know, could be skateboarding, could be picking up the guitar or playing the drums. I do think it's definitely worthwhile to, to try to incorporate some time in meditation. That's that just seems like the universal one. Um, so that is the one area that I do recommend to people. But then again, you have so many different kinds of meditation to work from. You know, it's kind of impossible, I think, to find or to say I can't meditate or I can't find a kind of meditation that doesn't work for me. But hey, what do I know to each their own? Yeah, man. No, I, I like the idea that uh, all paths kind of lead there and however you want to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually just talking with um, one of the other recent interviews I did, Dana Sawyer. He's a, a wonderful professor of religious studies up in Portland, Maine. And we were talking about Huxley and uh, Houston Smith and, you know, the the perennial philosophy and how, you know, they, they use that mountain metaphor and it's not that all religions are necessarily saying the same thing and they are different paths up the mountain. But when you get to that top, you know, the view is the same. So, you know, just being open-minded, celebrating one another's differences and, and just being cool with, <laughs> with yourself and with others, you know, like taking it easy. And, you know, I, I still come across a lot of people that are very closed in their spiritual practice you know if it's not all about buddhism then i don't want to hear about it or if it's not <laughs> all about christ i don't want to hear about it yeah. it's like hey man cool whatever works for you it's cool but like just just be a little open and on the other hand it is nice to see i am seeing you know like a lot of people are becoming more open to other ideas and teachings while still honoring their own faith and what resonates for them so you know, there's always the good, there's always the bad, and I'm just trying to find my way in the middle of it, I suppose. Oh, well said. No, I mean, that, I mean, I, I started laughing. I uh, I had a conference with uh, a bunch of different, you know, religions and spirituality and philosophies, and, you know, it turned to a cage match within about 10 minutes. And, like, every <laughs> every bad stereotype you'd hear about every religion came to fruition in minutes. And oh. it really heated, and I just... You know, I'm not trying to like a, an ass. I just don't care. I don't care what you yeah. believe as long as you're cool. You right. know, uh, through these wake up experiences, whatnot. I mean, we're all going this. We're we're all hitting the same place, at least in my point of view. Like oh, all roads sure. there. So why the hell do I want to get on your ass about you're not meditating right? I, I don't care. Just be cool to me and my wife. But, you know, that's all I ask. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. There is a... Uh... I don't mean to go. I'll just share really quick. There's a, a meme I saw a couple of years ago that went around Facebook and it was Moses holding, you know, those tap two tablets. And instead of 10 commandments, there were just two. And on the right one, it said, be cool. And on the left one, it said, and don't be an asshole. Yeah. It's like, there it is, man. Be cool. And don't be an asshole. Yeah. Right on. I yeah. Moses that. had to figure it out. He was listening. <laughs> so as you were saying, I'm sorry. No, I have no idea. I, I don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> It's, I don't know, I just, I'm constantly reminded uh, of how short and how great all this is down here. Uh, now, like, if I'm in the ditch in a week, you may call me up and remind me of that I may cut you out. But ultimately, it's, I feel like we all won the damn lottery. Um, and I think it's just perspective of how you look at something. I mean, uh, I went to go see the new Kurt Cobain documentary the other day, and it, yeah. I, I'm still thinking about me. It's pummeled me. But, you know... And I credit that guy. I mean, he was, you know, I was a young, younger tyke when he, when Kurt hit, but what I always appreciated about him was he was authentic and, and raw. And I don't, we don't always see that things have to be dressed up, you know, even, even when it comes to death, like we can't even look at death in a certain way in this culture. We have to put makeup and dress the, the body up in a suit because we're so detached from what that experience really is. And, Remember, a former teacher once told me, "It's like we're all on the same track together, and the train's going off the cliff. So we should maybe look at this kind of thing, maybe start figuring out why we're here, what this means, or, you know, where we're going." But anyway, it made me think about Kurt. You know, a lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, he did drugs." I mean, you're, you're missing the point. That guy was a lightning bolt who woke a lot of people up to a certain shadow and a certain truth we weren't looking at. And I'm watching this damn documentary, and my, my heart's bleeding the whole time through it because we all know how the story ends. And yeah. You've seen all this found footage. I mean, the guy was real. He was authentic. And I yeah. credit him. You were talking about Bill Hicks earlier. I was credit him as one of these people early on that helped wake me up. Yeah. Um, people get 
funny about that. You mean he's like Buddha? No, don't be silly. But, you know, like, I, I feel like comedians are modern day messengers. A lot of them are. Well, some, not a lot. Some of them are. And uh, I, I consider that with these other people. So you don't have to wear the white muumuu when do the downward dog to be spiritual. You know, you, yes. you, it's just silly to me. Yeah, it's, man. Uh, anyway, I was going to give you a bad analogy, but then I lost it. Uh, well, if it comes back, let me know because I love bad analogies. Always, always a good time. Yeah, always but, a good time. I love what you're saying about Kurt. I mean, you know, when we first connected on Facebook, like, and I saw that you had Nirvana listed and then like Towns Van Zandt and the Jesus lizard, I'm like, all right, this guy's a okay in my book. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, Cause yeah, there's not, there's not enough Jesus lizard fans in the world, but there's actually, got, I got to see them not to get off topic, man. I only got to see them once, but it was back in like 90, 96, I want to say. And they were opening for Rage Against the Machine out at Roseland Ballroom in New York City. Wow. And it was amazing, dude. They they were incredible. I think it was during the the Shot album tour, I believe. But uh anyways, great band. But but yes, yeah, that yeah. that's so important what you're saying, like because teachings and inspirations can come from anywhere. You know, for me, I too grew up punk rock and hardcore was huge for me and I didn't know it at the time, but that was my first real introduction to spiritual awakening. And I mean that in the sense that that was the first time in my life around 13, 14 years old that I started to unplug, you know, myself from this proverbial matrix. And I was like, holy shit, you know, there, there's more than meets the eye. Like, I don't have to just listen to what's on the radio. I don't have to just, you know, be into what's cool, whether it's movies or TV or whatever, like there, there's more to life. And so instead of like, being told what I should like by listening to the radio, I would start hunting through distros at shows, you know, and, and things of that nature. And, and the music would just completely cut right to the core of my being, you know, this raw, passionate singing and the driving guitars and, you know, it, all of it. And it took me some time to see though, in retrospect that, yeah, that that's spiritual. It's a very real connection to something deeper. And that to me, that, that is spiritual. You know? Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, that all that r- punk rock, original punk rock, all rose out of uh, it was counterculture as a response to what the mainstream was doing. Um, there's a there's a big like I don't know if you want to call it an art, maybe too risky, but uh, there's a a painting that I have in uh, it was in Wake Up, and it's uh, it says across its spray painted, "Jesus is a punk rocker." Yes, and my yeah. God, of all the controversial things in Wake Up or things I'm saying people may or may not agree with. I caught so much shit about that. You know, but it was just like humorous. I'm like, look, honey, look what someone else wrote. You know, Jonas, I think you're being very disrespectful about the life of Jesus being a punk rocker and just on and on with the fundamentalists. And, it's you know, I used to engage with that sort of thing and, like, try to school people. But ultimately, I, I, I don't care. But, you know, to me, that was kind of what Jesus was doing. He was waking people up, obviously. and. Oh yeah, you know, he was. Yeah, I don't know. I consider him the first punk. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't. You'll find you'll find no argument here. That's what I was thinking, and I remember. I love that painting that you had. Um, but he is. He's like the the OG of punk rock. Like he was going against the status quo. You know, he was saying what needed to be said and wasn't being said. And yes, he was. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, we know how that story ended too. But he was like the original. Well, maybe not original, but he's one of the oldest revolutionaries. So hell yeah, he was punk rock. But of course, if you're not, you know, fitting what certain people believe Jesus should look like or sound like, you know, then yes, you're being very disrespectful. I remember when Indie Spirituals came out, uh, Tara Brock and Ram Dass were both kind enough not only to write endorsements for it, but they posted about it on their Facebook pages to help support. And that was really touching to me. And I, you know, when I saw this go up, most of the comments were really, really nice. But in these posts, you know, there was a picture of me and you could see the tattoos. And of course, you know, a couple of people had to chime in about how could that dude know anything about spirituality? Look at his tattoos, look at what he's done to his body, you know, and it's just like Christ, people, there's really still just so many spiritual grumpy cats out there. And I mean, that's their shit and that's okay. But it's like, come on, man. Like that's really where you're at in your practice that just because it doesn't look like or fit your mold of what spirituality is supposed to be, then it's wrong. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's silly. I mean, it's just silly. Like if you, especially me, if I can just shut up and listen and like pay attention to what's in front of me, 
you know, you get the whole picture, you know? Yeah. And so to be attacked on belief or say you're doing it wrong, it really says everything about the other person. I just tell you, Chris, I felt a lot of liberation. I just don't care. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> whatever you want to do, as long as you're cool down here, I, I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. If I would like to if I have a question I'll ask and I ask lots and lots of questions because Lord knows I don't have, I got maybe a thing figured out. I'm still obviously seeking and trying to grow and change all that fun stuff that sometimes sounds trite, but I actually really mean it. But um, I, I think this is a trick. It's just to be honest and authentic. Yeah. And that's, that's it, man. And, and to me, same thing. It's I'm more way more and not to be cliche, but truly way more interested in what's going on on your insides. You know, where's your heart at? rather than what's going on, on the outside. What do you believe spiritually? You know, what, what kind of music do you like? I don't care if you're wearing a suit and a tie. I don't care if you like some popular bands. We might not have as much in common, but so what, man? Like you said, it's a gift that we're all here on this rock. Like, talk about winning the jackpot. You know, really, life is it's pretty incredible, man. I mean, it's it's terrifying, too, and, and there's plenty of terrible things in it but at the end of the day you know what a what a amazing experience well absolutely i mean if you look at it as a dream i mean how terrible is it you know and i that's also right. kind of look at this as a dream or a dream within yeah. a dream um mm. so you know look if i'm in a ditch in a couple of weeks i call you crying like a 12 year old you know you can remind me of that uh, idea chris but uh <laughs> dude life's life's pretty great man agreed agreed so i mean we're we're basically out of time we have a couple minutes was there anything that i didn't cover that you wanted to talk about anything you're working on what 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 uh what's going on with you now what's next where can Uh, we find you all that good stuff i don't know chris i feel like we had so many uh false starts we're trying to get this together and uh you know i always have a documentarian mind going you know it's like ah shit i wish we got that on tape yeah we, we said plenty i think we said enough i mean uh looking forward to hanging with you as far as me i I don't know where my work takes me next, but I'm kind of, I like the idea of doing a story or like good genre pieces to bring out, you know, truth. Uh, boy, that sounds really cliche, but like spiritual truth. I'm kind of hooked on this. And I think that, um, you know, you got to write a good song to put, you know, things in there that are deeper. And so I feel the same way about film and TV, you know, do yeah. these, uh, pieces that are moving and then you can open things up for different ideas or thoughts yeah true, so true. i don't know if i i don't know a lot of people have asked if i'm doing a second season of in deep shift i, I i'm not sure but i'm sure whatever i'm up to will be uh will be uh fun <laughs> i like that man and if it's not you're gonna make it fun i'm sure oh, yeah now life's short let's have fun let's dance laugh skateboard have a couple drinks everyone just <laughs> lighten up everyone's so amped up i mean anxiety seems to be our birthright you know and it's just yeah slow it down man it's all good yeah so so, i think i'm i think my uh teacher's become a big lebowski i think he's the next guy just i i i can't handle pot but man he's just nice and slow and present doing his thing that's it man that's i i was actually ordained in the uh church of latter-day dude that's the only official spiritual or religious ordination I have, and I plan on keeping that way. God bless you, Chris. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> we'll try to get you a buddy pass, man. That sounds like a cool thing to do. <laughs> well, Jonas, thank you, man. I really, uh, I really appreciate the time. I'm so glad we were finally be able were able to make this happen for listeners all the links to jonas's documentary wake up to where you can find more info on his show etc it's all on the website so please check that out and uh jonas thank you man really very very grateful for your time today hey chris and thank you for your time and everything you're doing and uh hopefully we can meet face to face at some point maybe we can uh go skateboarding dude that sounds like a plan and i'm sure our paths will cross sooner than later Right on, man. God bless you, man. Take care of yourself. Blessings back. Thank you and be well. You too. Bye. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, 
family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now.